Yeah, this is Chris Gotti Lorenzo, and you're watching Giving Him the Business and my partner, Don De Niro. Mr. Money for the Gringos, you already know. Like, subscribe, follow us. We're yeah. doing our thing. Thank you. Que bola, que, que bola. bola. <laughs> Dándole negocio. Yes, yes. You know, I want to just make sure everyone understands we really do appreciate all of the the love we're getting for this, and we're going to keep giving you and bringing you incredible interviews like we have today. Uh, man, what's the words can I say? This is a when I first met her, again, as a host, a casino host. This episode is about casino hosts, and she was a casino host. She was working for my client, Phil Ivey, and I wanted to expose the casino host world. And here we have today, Lorraine Lindsay. <laughs> yes, let's give it up for What's Lorraine, up? man. I'm yeah. so thank happy you. to be here. Thank you for coming in short notice again to no. putting it together. And I just I think it. we have an incredible um interview today with you about casino host and all of the different things that exist actually it's one of my dream jobs uh, is it really it was one of the jobs that okay. i said if i had a choice of a job i would love to be a casino host um because i got to see up close and personal what it entails Absolutely, yeah uh when you're dealing with especially like whales right mm -hmm. and high rollers uh, that come in and gamble. I'm a big gambler, but nothing compared to like a Phil. I mean, I've got stories. We're going to talk about stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, compared to a Phil Ivy, this is like night and day or these kind of whales like him. I manage Phil. Everyone knows that for over 20 years. So I have extensive mm -hmm. information. And that's what I want someone on the other side to bring to the table. And again, I want to thank you because you also allowed me on your podcast. Yes, um, which was great. I absolutely loved uh, you come in on the show because yeah. you just have your first of all you're you're really good at sharing your story Thank you, you know it's it's very clear and concise and you know i'm big on mindset which is what my show is about yes. um mindset is everything 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 it is actually how i got into a position as a casino host mm -hmm. uh uh because it's it is an ideal job for a lot of people who are watching it from the outside looking in they see us in this glamorous life, <laughs> lifestyle living vicariously through these millionaires and billionaires and uh <laughs> yeah and, and so we're I walking around it. like these powerhouses and everyone in the casino is like i want to do what they're doing yeah but they don't know especially as a woman in the business oh, really man. we're gonna uh, talk about that the too. ins and outs of of what it takes well, yeah the, is okay since you brought it up let's go uh -huh. there. being a female in in this industry where the, the majority of the gamblers that we're talking about are men. Mostly yes. men. Correct. Mostly on the high men. end. On the you know high why? Because women I mean don't want to lose Can I ask money? you something? That's why. It's you guys are jumping to things, and I'm ignorant to this. Sure. And, and you guys are talking the lingo. What is... Because let's ask you the question. A what does it entail? Host. What does it entail? Okay, we're that's gonna a, get actually it. a really well, good that's question. Great to that's bring a great it back. way to go, start. Go bring you it back. Into, Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, because it does. Before you go all the crazy stuff. Because some people literally don't know no, what a casino you see, yeah, you're, you're, I'm No, yeah. you're right. Because you know, I'm like, with, for us, it's what we do. So thank you. If someone has that casino host job, what is entitled? What do you have to do? So, so, you know, us casino hosts jokingly always refer to ourselves as glorified concierge, right? Yes. Our job, depending on whether you're the hunter or the gatherer of the casino, mm -hmm. okay, so there's casino hosts who who work the floors and um, take care of the business on, you know, the, the, That's the let's lower. say the low to mid-end customers, yes. okay. uh, your incremental business, some of your lo local guys. Then you have the hunters, which is the position that I was in, where you're literally 
out there, like networking, building relationships, turning up every rock to see. <laughs> it's not about who has money, but it's who's going to spend the money on a table, right? Who's going to gamble. And who's going to gamble. And understanding it's not like that normal target market demographic where I'm going to go to the billionaires club and meet people. It's like, no, I need to find someone who has the essence of this thing called gambling and who's willing to put a significant amount of money um, on this table to win. And so I would travel the world, literally the world, Dubai, yes. Monaco, France, Canada, all over the United States, yes. looking for these people who will uh, take, a, take a gamble. And, and, so let and, me ask the question, because you yeah. said, uh, what's the level of mm -hmm. resources that they have to gamble with in order to, uh, to gather How do they your qualify, attention? Right? To right? get my attention. Right. Okay. Right. For because the level not, that I was You hosting. told us the, the low right. level, mid-level is one set, but they're not able to move. They're not traveling to Monaco for that gamble. That's Correct. really the walk-in traffic Correct. of a casino. Yeah. Um, but now here is your job is to go wherever these guys are mm -hmm. or girl, women are, to go find them and to bring them into the casino. And, and, and truly when it gets to that level, because I didn't start off that way, right? I started off as someone who literally work the floors sure. and and try to build you know the small clientele because just because people gamble at lower levels it doesn't mean they don't have the wealth or the connections that Absolutely. people who gamble they higher. just don't want to risk it on the table right so i started <laughs> off doing that and then um eventually i was promoted up because my clientele i was able to develop the players my title was director of player development that was my uh. fancy title so it was a matter <laughs> sounds, of sounds being like you were looking it for sounds so they're like player development what is <laughs> that yeah. you're developing us you're teaching us how to gamble more and it's like yes you know um i'm sorry and I, I lost my train of thought but what was your question specifically? how much how much money to gather my to, attention in the to, end to get yeah. your attention yes um so for me, at the level that I was playing on, uh, for my level of clientele that I would like to or that I would pursue, uh, on the low end, they were about a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. Uh, my biggest account was a ten, twenty million dollar account. So yeah. he had a ten million dollar bankroll, but he could go as high as twenty million. Right. And that particular guest, um, this is actually uh, a moment in my career that I knew that this was not the job for me. Oh man. That I Oof. knew that. Um, the work was lucrative. I knew that it was fulfilling a purpose for me to be able to take care of my son because I was a single mother. Right. Um, so I loved it in that aspect and I loved the adventure. But I remember one time he came into the casino, he, he's a Baccarat player, and he sat down and he lost $10 million within four hours. Wow. His average bet was $260,000 a hand. Yeah. And for that quarter, it was Q4, I will never forget, I remember my boss and everybody was like, how Happy. did she get this guy? Because everybody was after him. Mm -hmm. You know, he, there's, there's only a few handful of certain players that play at that level. Sure. And they're like, how does she get that? That's like the one percentile of the world. Absolutely. Wow. Even less than I would say. Wow. Yes. Um, yes. But how did she get him? How did she get this relationship with him? Because everybody from the top dogs, the senior vice, president, no one could get this guy in. And everyone's patting me on the back and, you know, yeah, you exciting. moved the needle for this quarter. What an unbelievable yeah. success. And in that moment, you when I it. was at the top of my career, I felt the worst. Because he lost Tim. I just, in my mind, it's like, this is not what. We're celebrating someone's loss, kind of. We're right? celebrating, and he has ungodly money. So it was for him. You yeah. know, money, one thing I learned about this business is money is incredibly relative. A mm -hmm. dollar and a thousand dollars is interchangeable. Depending on who's handling the money. Yes. Um, but he loathed his money. 
He came from very, very humble beginnings. And he worked his way up. He had a dream to be successful. He has a very unbelievable story. He really should write a book on how he came into his wealth. But in the end, when I was nurturing that relationship, and we'll get to how I build these relationships, but when I was nurturing that relationship, he had told me this story, and he says, Lorraine, how many weddings do you think that I'm invited to? Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't know. He goes, all of them, because mm. I'm the best gift giver, because I have the most money. Right. And he says, but when you make a certain amount of money in your life, there, nothing you get doesn't come at a cost. Mm-hmm. And so for him, it has cost him genuine relationships with people. Money. He doesn't trust people because he feels like everyone's agenda is his wealth. You know what's crazy? I know a significant amount of Be very, very wealthy mm-hmm. individuals, and they all have that. They, could, they all feel like someone's after their money. I took a very wealthy guy, uh, uh, Israel England, I'll say his name. Okay. Um, dear friend, mentor. And I took him when I first met him and I said, I'm going to bring you to Vegas, not to gamble. He loved boxing. I know Floyd. I know Phil. We get the best seats in the house, ringside. Mm-hmm. And he's never done ringside. He's very low key. Not because he can't afford it, obviously. He's multi-billion dollar man. So not about cost. It's just he likes to be low key. Mm-hmm. But he did it for me. And he came in and we watched the fight. I didn't let him pay for anything that weekend. Not because I'm trying to impress him. It's just who I am. Right. If I invite you, I do it. Right. I, I got him a two-bedroom suite. We're at the Bellagio. I'm thinking that's great. But, you know, he's a multi-billionaire. Not right. me, me being very ignorant in a sense. And he sits there. He's like, yeah, this is cute. <laughs> 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 but it's not what he would normally right, get. Right, but he right. accepted it graciously. And he, and he did the whole weekend with me. We went to nightclubs. I paid for everything. He tells me when the weekend's over, you have to fly back with me. I said, I can't. I got work to do. I'm here with Phil. I got work to do. He's like, no, no, no. No, I'm not letting you tell me no. He said, I'll fly you back, and then I'll fly you back. Like, we go back to New York, right. and then I'll fly you right back to Vegas. Right. But he made me get on the plane with him, and I said, no problem. I'm going to do it. I get on the plane, and he confides in me that night, and he said, you know, I have guys that are worth so much money in my life that never bought me nothing wow he said and here you are i know you don't have money like they do he said and you pay for everything Mm. and i wouldn't let him pay and he always was ready to pay and i said no no, no, this is on me this is this is not that and 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 we had an incredible weekend but he confided in me and let me know that he really doesn't have friends they're very lonely man he's right a lot of these billionaires are very lonely 100 percent accurate and that is something that i saw quite a bit over the years Mm -hmm. that i was a host um, especially when I was dealing with people with levels of wealth, mm-hmm. um, the the trade off, right, of what it costs truly mm-hmm. to be on that level, and and again, like I said, this guy circling back as he loathes his money. He yeah. it, for him to blow ten million dollars on the table was because he hated the wealth. Right, he hated the what wealth mm. wealth has done to him. Correct mindset. Right, mindset was exactly. the people around him. I and, get and the it. thing is, and I, and when I say he hated his wealth, he doesn't hate the journey and the importance of money. Sure, but again, he didn't realize uh, the lonely space that it would create from, and it goes on it. all levels, right, from women to, you know. and when and with this guy, you know, uh, 
he's you know he's in his 60s a young man mm-hmm. you know he had money for a while, for a very long period of time and um again just seemed like always loved the attention or the or he was a little bit like on the needy side even sure. you know so uh but it was yeah that was that moment in my career where I was like this is not moving my soul it's very I understand that completely cuz I felt that not with him but with with Izzy, but others that are in that same space and you know it kind of it was a learning lesson for me mm-hmm. in the sense I don't have their wealth I'm not broke but I don't have their wealth and at the end of the day um I deal with very low level people all the time regular but I we we're great I'm not trying to say mm-hmm. anything you just don't have money so there's always a need or want and I had to learn how to actually talk to them so I don't feel that energy that mm-hmm that they do. Um, and I let them know. So even guys that are incarcerated, I tell them, if, I said, I don't owe you nothing. Right. And I get it clear early. And that was so helpful for me. So a lot of them may not know how to actually talk to the people around them to make them, so they're comfortable with their own wealth and don't have to worry about the pressures that come with that wealth. Right, right. But that's what I did. I did that early. And I mean, I recommend that. I recommend that, that that's what they do. They just kind of put it on the table but he told me after that trip he said he said he said he calls me puppy he said hey puppy he said he said you could ask me for anything but i know you won't ask me for anything but you know what we know what's powerful about that is and that was something also in this these years that i was doing this job is being very um responsible with my relationships exactly. and I think that people are not right I know that they have we, we talked off camera about respect that they have a level of respect for me and that I have a level of respect for them mm-hmm. that if there were ever a moment in time where I came to them for something because I've respected who they are and have never uh, taken advantage of that relationship that if they knew I came to them they knew okay I have she she has my ear yes and that's something that's super important when yeah. you're talking hmm. about being networking and being and being a resource and having resources in your life is like you have to really nurture those relationships and really respect them be authentic there were clients hmm. and customers that I had during that time that were big players I'm, I'll tell you a uh, We're gonna an get indecent into proposal story. <laughs> okay. And even though he was a very uh, valuable player for my books and for my account. We're going to talk about your who books he as is, well. Who he was integrally <laughs> and who I was did not align. And I was not willing to compromise myself Just for, that. for that business. For the book. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to think abundant versus scarcity. Sure. And so when I was doing that job... Uh, which I recently burned the boats in the casino world, you know, mm-hmm. moved on. Um, but when I was doing that job, that was something that was always at the forefront. No matter what, I always have to have a sense of self and no compromise in my integrity. Um, the business will be there and it'll be with the right people. So something that I, I never told anyone uh-huh. again is I, I said I would love to be a casino host. Okay. I technically was for a, a run. What? With me. Like an independent? Independent. Okay. I didn't work for a casino. Okay. Like you was with a big uh, casino. Yeah. And, you know, but I wasn't with a Bellagio or any of these guys. I was an independent rep. Okay. But I did it through somebody. So I'm technically working with him. Kinda, but yeah. we did it for Phil. Oh, okay. So we rep Phil Ivey. Very familiar with that world, yes. Yes. Yeah, so I rep. My client, Phil Ivey, and, you know, we actually was a casino rep or a host, basically. So he was our rep. He was our independent mm-hmm. rep. Tom Bonani's great oh, guy. okay. I've heard so that So me name. and Tom, 
we linked together and we partnered. And Tom would go to all the casinos and cut our deals. We told him what we want. We gave him our ransom note. Because that's basically what these hosts these Well, a lot have. of players, big end, that's what they were doing. They were leveraging the deals yeah. to kind of m- maneuver and move around. Yeah. And the casinos started getting a little wind of that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But continue. I'm, I'm sorry. I, no, listen to me. That is another thing that people don't know. We did a 360 on ESPN with Phil. Okay. And we ran this thing called the Dice Tour for over two and a half years where we was going to all these That's casinos. right. He loved dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craps. We went to all these casinos, but we cut deals in all the casinos. And what people don't realize is you make money back or you make money. The, that host that that's hosting like yourself, when you said your book of business, aside from your salary, mm-hmm. there's a commission based on that loss. Well, we don't make commission if you're, well, if you're independent. Independent, you make, we yes, make commission. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that's if why you are working route. for a specific casino, you make a base salary and then you make a bonuses. Bonus. Yeah. Yeah, bonuses. But they're making their commission. They're, Correct. They're keeping it. And then giving you your bonus at the end of the year. And let me tell you, for the independent side. Yes, huge. They've cut back a lot. The casinos are really uh, trying to kind of move away from that. But man, those guys were killing it in commissions. Oh, we killed it for those two and a half years. That's no denying that. Again, and this was with just one client, which was Phil. And because he gambled. And again, he's a a million dollar player. And then we, you know, you demand things. And that's what we're going to go into as, as the player. When he has this host in there's levels, because even at the low level, they'll get you a room. They'll get you some dinner, right, maybe. Right, right. Soft you know, cost, no little big Little things. But what I yeah. started trying to educate some of these other players is, you know, you get flights. Could be a private plane, depending on how big you are. They, right. They will fly you in if you're going to play X amount of money. They want to know, and how much time. Correct. We're going to talk about time, too, because okay. that's what people don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all called what they call theoretical, correct? Like, everything's yes. based on a theoretical number. Right. Every is... single game that a player plays has a speed to the game, right? So, yes. for example, blackjack, on average, a blackjack player's speed of the game is 60 hands in an hour. In an hour. So At a full table. Um, or is this a one-on-one Just on game? average, but Because most... I had a big argument with mm-hmm. some hosts over this when we was going through because they wanted more rolls of the dice and i said the well, amount of rolls dice we... is a different beast altogether and a lot of casinos actually do not market to dice players um mm-hmm. because the house advantages there's not much of a house advantage small. marginally for hello uh dice That's players saying, yeah. right <laughs> and there's so many different variables of how you can play that game yes um some some casinos do not even bet or rate on certain ways that you bet Mm -hmm. so hard ways or play odds and things like that there's certain uh algorithms and things that they look at and say okay uh we're only going to rate the player if they play dice this particular way just because of the again there's not much of a house advantage on the game of dice the biggest house advantage games in the casino would be background roulette right because the the speed of the game and how many uh, and the probability of that player winning. Well, but you know, it's funny you say Baccarat because Baccarat, in my opinion, is really a, like a coin toss. And they take a VIG on one side, which is the, the, the bank side. The player side is mm-hmm. no VIG. So if you win, you bet 100, you win 100. But if you win on the on the bank side, you you win 100. They you take out that yeah. VIG, which is like, I think it's 5%, right. which you lose 5 bucks, And that's really, then they have another tie tie but uh-huh. tie you don't lose money if it's a tie so it's not really an advantage unless you bet it and don't win it and that adds another well Bakra is a big game number one because of uh culturally yes it's a big game in the chinese community right and so uh 
you're talking big, big numbers on Baccarat. I know. And and what's interesting the about Asians players, are the biggest gamblers. Oh, exactly. Yes, it's a huge business. I mean, uh, but the, what's interesting, more importantly, is the reasons why people gamble and the cultural reasons behind. And so again, when we talk about when we would go after uh, clients and market them and try to build those relationships, it was under understanding the essence of why a particular person or a demographic of people actually play. Mm. So, for example, uh, with the Chinese, they're typically more superstitious in the game. Yes, <laughs> and they and they they play based on luck and not so much on strategy or, or even on emotion per se. Whereas your domestic player, like you know. American, American or even Canadian right. players, they're much more uh, emotional when they play. Mm. The, the, the advantage of the casino is always this, that the casino doesn't have the emotion and it has much more bankroll. And the, and the thing is, if we can get a player playing long enough, this is why there's that magic four-hour wow, number. number. Um, <laughs> we'll usually people don't number. have emotional control. They get really tied in emotionally and then they start making poor choices and that's how they start to lose their money. And that's why you feed them all that liquor. No, <laughs> no, we don't do that. Yeah, no, <laughs> the more liquor, the best, the yes. better, the, the bad decisions. I know there's no, a that's case. actually true. That and there is a case. The there was a case. Smoke cigarettes anywhere. Yeah, the well, they're smoking. They want you to have whatever vice you have. Yeah, yeah. They have non-smoking tables too, so it goes both ways. They but, do. but um, there was a case that the guy was talking about the liquor he consumed mm -hmm. is why he lost all his money. He was trying to claw back. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But yeah. you know, there, there, there's so many um, different things. Again, with I like to constantly educate some of these players also and right. the people, the audience that might be listening that are gambling. But we also used to get discounts. Okay. Which is, if we lost a million dollars. He only had to pay eight hundred thousand, mm -hmm. a twenty percent discount on loss, and these are the things that people didn't realize or still don't. I'm sure that they don't realize right. they could get a discount. And that was part like of that guy that you said. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything. No, I but won't. the guy that lost the ten million yeah. was he on a discount or was well, he? Well, so a that flat? was part of the job when you're dealing with high end clients, right? Because. Um, you're it's not like come to my hotel i'm going to put you in a jet and you're going to stay in the best suite and uh you're going to have a great time part of what i was doing on that level was when you're traveling you're also working out contracts and negotiating deals to try to earn their business because everybody's at them right so now it's like okay let me do my due diligence let me see if i can find out what the, my competitors are offering this person let me try to build and nurture a relationship with them mm. and then throw a deal at them and then it's just kind of give and take and trying to figure out what makes sense. Because a lot of these people gamble at that level. I mean, they're business people. So right. they understand numbers. It's a numbers mm -hmm. game for them. So it's like, okay, if I'm willing to uh, send a, or play at a bankroll at a level that's, I don't know, a million dollars or $5 million, what does that look like for me? And can I leverage that? Especially for strategy players, right? Like, so blackjack, you get a lot of strategy players mm -hmm. and they're like, well, so their biggest thing is what are, what kind of, um, what are your betting limits? Can I ask a question mm -hmm. with blackjack? You brought up, uh, uh, bet a strategy place. Mm -hmm. What about like card counters? There's a famous gambler here and that, uh, that goes around named Don Johnson. You know who I'm yes, talking I about? Yes, I know Don Johnson. He's a card counter, correct? Uh, I don't know that. Famous card counter. Is he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, he plays blackjack. A lot of casinos let him in, and they know he counts cards, and a lot of casinos don't. You know what's so funny about Don Johnson? Um, I actually know the name 
because when I first started this business, I was an executive assistant to one of the vice presidents for the company I was working for. And that was one of his clients. And I even remember his account number to oh, this wow. day. Yeah. Wow. But he was an interesting, interesting guy for sure. Yeah. But anyways, you were saying. Count, explain what that yeah. means. Well, you know, that's an advantage. If you know how to car count cards. How many, how many cards? In if you ever seen it? It was a movie. I think it was called 21. And they, it was about card count. Oh, some young kids. I remember some So guys. basically, card counting is on the game of blackjack. Okay. And, um, you know, it's obviously. not illegal. It's technically, it's not illegal at it's all. It's not exactly illegal, right. so I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying, this is not an illegal thing to count cards, but if they find out you're counting. They will back you off. They the don't game. have to let you play. They won't. You will not be allowed to play. Oh, they'll but block explain you Explain to me, how do they know you're counting? So, basically, <laughs> with card counting, okay, typically it's on. How many cards are there to count? Well, well, it depends on how many decks. Let's say it's eight decks. Let's say it's eight decks. That's typical. But eight most deck card shoes. counters are not doing decks. Eight decks. They're not They're doing, doing shoes. Uh, two a deck decks. is a They're shoe is six to eight decks yes. in a shoe. Okay, so the shoe is that long right. piece that has all the decks. Out, yeah. And then on a double deck is obviously two, two decks, decks of cards. So typically, you'll find that the um, card counters are going to be on double deck because yes. it's less cards that they have to count. Right. And a lot of them do like a plus and minus system. So when a card comes out. Uh, they'll do like a plus 10 if it's a 10, call it. And then they'll, uh, when the next card comes out, they'll do a subtract and minus, and then they can come up with probabilities of what the next card is going to be. And bet oh. according to that. And, right. And they make but a bigger bet because they think like the 10 is coming. It me. is a strategy. I, I'm assuming everyone's counting cards. How else mm. are they betting? Everyone's counting cards at any, like, very limited levels. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a very... Uh, I count cards, but it. I can't count cards like that. That's okay. not going to give me level. the advantage. That's kind of... It's like, not genius levels. You could train yourself. Okay. Just, you know, you could train yourself. Okay. And there's different systems of counting cards. I yeah. know that also. But the thing with the casino, obviously, they inc they frown upon it. And if you're caught count card counting, you will be... Um, but how do you catch someone if they're... Thinking, so, really, today's day... The sophistication of surveillance and the technology sure. they have, they can pick it up. Yeah. And usually card counters get sloppy. I had a, a, cli a client, and he was a hell of a player, man. I hated to lose the account. Mm. But he was a really, really nice man, um, very aggressive blackjack player. Uh, and he was counting cards, but he got sloppy and he got greedy, mm. right? Now, I didn't know that he Greed. was counting cards because I'm not sitting there babysitting him at the table. But ultimately what happened is they caught that he was counting and they backed him off the game. So sure. he could come in the casino, he could play, but he could not play blackjack any blackjack. longer. And it initially started with flat betting. So to explain that a little bit, typically a card counter is going to uh, – this press their bet at different times, right? So let's just say you're at a $25 table. This is how they catch them. And the cards come out, and they're betting, let's say, $25, and then they're counting, and they get a couple hands in, and now all of a sudden they're pressing on a hand that they typically wouldn't press on. So in other words, they're now it's, they went from $25 to a $200 bet on a, a, 14, a 14 that they have in their hand that they're going to stay on when they would normally hit. So there's just variables of situations exactly. where they're like, I know probability from flag. doing the math. Yeah, yeah. and so okay. over and over, over time. And they're saying, watching, a, he thinks he's going to win, puts a big bet, then he'll slide back and keep doing 25, mind, 25. She Correct. Said, she's talking at a low level. These yeah. guys yeah, are but betting still. high numbers, so right, right. they're scrutinizing their bets from the beginning. just more zeros behind Correct. their numbers. Uh, a, a high roller walks in a casino, they're watching his every move. Mm. Every play because he could actually turn the lights out Correct. if he really has a yeah. night like that. There's history. I actually have a funny story. There's um, historical, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that true. has happened. So the same guy that the same player that I told you that um, uh, won or lost the ten million dollars, he tells me this really funny story. He was somewhere in Europe, and um, 
and I don't remember where he was, but there was a small casino, mm-hmm. and he was on vacation. He said, you know what? I'm going to go play in that casino. Now, no one knows who this guy is. You know, he's not, like, well-known. Sure. Gamblers are celebrities in Las Vegas. Like, if yes. you're in the world of, of gambling, you know who those people right. are. Exactly. Outside of that world, and this is some of the allure of why gamblers That's come at exactly high levels. Right. They love to feel Ego. like they're famous. 100%, Ego. right? Ego expressive. That's my main marketing strategy, sales. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so he's in this, uh, he walks into this casino and he's looking around at the tables and he notices that there's not a minimum or maximum betting limit. Wow. Okay, this is really detrimental for a casino. This is something that our casinos in Vegas have learned a long time ago. Put that number the, up. There's an impo- there is a significance to making sure there's a minimum bet and a maximum bet on a person's bankroll because, mm-hmm. like he said, your ha- the lights will go out. So here's what happened. Someone this guy says, I need to see, um, need, I need to know who your casino manager is. So they go and get the manager. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? And, you know, they're kind of being a little standoffish. Like, why do you need us? Right. And he says, I noticed that your table says there's no minimum and no maximum bet. Well, yeah. Are you sure? He says. And they're like, sir, yes. You're positive you don't want to have a minimum and maximum. Sir, yes. I said, okay, I'll play. <laughs> he cleaned them out. Yes. They had to stop the game at some point. Okay. Can, can I ask? You're, mm. you're touching on so many things right now. <laughs> so you said they had to stop the game. I want Correct. the audience to understand. He had that much money in front of him. Yes. He That's was winning he that much. I, I, I try to teach or What's educate. Yeah, let me explain. And, and it wasn't even. It a doesn't t- need to be something crazy. What, I got million Here's, for Listen them? to me. It doesn't no, need to be was, nothing crazy. Uh-huh. If you ever watched the movie Casino, oh uh, wow, Ocean, Robert- sorry, Ocean Eleven, Ocean Eleven, okay, they was robbing Bellagio. Uh huh. They said we're doing it on the fight night. They're gonna have 180 million dollars in the building. It's not that they're thinking they're gonna need 180 million dollars, but if a high roller comes in and wins 200 million or 180 million, they have to have that money in the building to pay them to pay to them. Pay. Correct. And that's probably what he did. So, so that's they, why they stopped it because they don't have the money, money in to pay the him. building to, keep, to pay him. They can pay him what he has right there, but and they, that's it. Well, no, I mean, and what, what he, he has in front of them are that. chips, right? Yes, right. they have to be able to convert that to, to money. Cash. So when they seen that he already had all, and so the he's shit. at this amount, and they stopped the game, and they said, and and at this point. <laughs> Everyone in this little casino is watching what? who is this Design. man that just stepped in. <laughs> I love it. And he said, they go to the, and he says, you want me to stop? And he says, sir, the manager pull him aside. We are unable to fulfill all of that money. So they paid. He said they literally emptied out their, their cage. All of it. Paid. He said to the point where they were counting coins and still he had a deficit. They asked him if he could come back in two days so they could pay him the and rest the of the rest. money, but they shut the casino down for two days because of that. Now, now, now that was a valuable lesson now, for hold that on, casino. Let me I ask said, another question. Okay, because I was like, did so you crazy. not feel bad? Those people didn't work for two days. Yes. He's like, nope. That's a lesson they needed to learn. Did he he could have sued them if he chose to for him? Didn't okay, it, right it, here in Vegas, I believe it. It was, was just a thrill of I the story for him. I yeah. know, but he could have actually got equity of that casino. Again, cases of that happening when these casinos don't have the money. They'll either get closed down. There's so many rules and regulations in Vegas. You said this was somewhere else. Yeah, so I don't in Europe. Know. It was in Europe. So it was in Europe about yeah. theirs. But I know in America, if they don't have that money, the player could put impose all types of 
penalties. But on you them. know that doesn't happen. I mean, we're talking in Vegas. It's, that's something of the wild, wild west, if back, you will, right? Back that's in the like day. the mob days or whatever. But, you know, nowadays, now they know that. And, and you'll know it as a player if you're a high level player. There is only certain casinos you're going to go to because those casinos are uh, that they can handle, they can facilitate those levels of bankrolls, right? <laughs> there are literally casinos that started taking in high action and realize, okay, we can't take the high action. Because at the end of the day, it's very glamorous to have those high-end role or high-end players, but they're not overall incredibly profitable right. for the casino because marginally, if 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 you're discounting their money like you were talking about earlier and you're constantly paying them and you're discounting and discounting, when they win, they're not saying, okay, here's your discount. Right. Right. And so if you get to if you're giving them these really rich deals and some of these deals are very, very rich money up front, et cetera, et cetera, it yeah, could be very costly. And you'll start to see trends in casinos if you're if you go and you're a gambler yourself where you used to get these deals if you're high end. You're like, now they're not giving me these deals or they're not giving me these kind of discounts. I mean, I remember when I first started in this business, we would buy you know, crazy watches and cars and their, their ladies would get these in crazy shopping sprees. And it was just like, there was, there was no such thing as no, if it was the right player coming in and, and now they started scaling back and saying, all right, we just want the slot players. We'll sit down, play their machine all day, maybe go to the coffee shop to take a break and come back. Because, and they're still getting the big guys because they're yeah. gamblers. They're yeah. going to yeah, come in. We walked into that one little rinky dink spot. It wasn't crazy. I'm like, Everyone's in there. It's 11 at night. Well, you look at like the Seminole, like in Hollywood, uh, Florida. Yes. I used to go to that property quite a bit uh, when I was doing my job. And uh, it was just great to network there. And the emphasis on the slot players, they have no dice tables there at all. Right. right? Yeah. And they had this emphasis on slots. And I was like, God, this is really like, this is where the money's at for the casino. Because yeah. slot players will just play. And they're oh. low maintenance. They don't really ask for much. And because a slot payout is ten ninety nine, you have to pay and all that stuff, there mean. isn't this conversation about discounting anything. It's like you win, you win, you lose, you lose kind That's of thing. It. You know, there's certain, obviously, there's always going to be And it's very, I mean, they're literally on that machine. They, they're, they're like robots. What's the average, <laughs> uh, is there a number to the average time a slot player stays there, sits there? In oh, my goodness. I had a player once... Um, she was a slot player, and she was great. We, as casino hosts, love the big, high-rolling uh, slot players. Because uh, to give you some texture, let's say I have a $100,000 or $150,000 solid slot player. And we're talking talking—we're not talking video poker or keno. We're talking the reels, the lines, and the multi-lines, that kind of a player. $150,000 slot player is equivalent to my half-a-million-dollar player. Wow. With much less cost, because theoretically they just drive the numbers. The allure to the big table players is the casino loves to see the drop of the casino. They want to see that uh, this player came in and they took action because that casino that drop is good for the good for the numbers. They want to see that money drop. Sure, yeah. Regardless of the outcome, because you know over time, if the player plays the right way, you know average bet time played and what mm -hmm. have you, the house will eventually win. win. Yes. So it's not you can't beat the house. And the time. misconception, especially with casinos, a lot of players think, oh, the host wants me to lose my money, and right. that's not necessarily true. We want you to put in the time because we're we're looked at by the time played more than we are uh, win or lose profit. The loss, loss. yeah, wow. yeah. But why is that? Why the time plays so important? Because time, because you can't beat the game. In time, mm, you the longer they the sit there, the, the, the game, every game, every game right. in a casino is designed to beat you. 
you cannot beat the game. That's why they're looking for someone cheating or taking advantage because that's the only way they'll beat the right. game. Really, the only way to beat a game is in short periods of time. And if that's the case, the hosts don't want to comp you anything or give you Correct. nothing. If you don't if put you're the, not time putting in, in the time in, forget it. You're not on the yeah. table enough. I try to explain this to my brother all the time. Yeah, you got to take a... <laughs> the, the thing is, the casino looks at it like this. If you want me as a host, or this is how I would look at it. Let me speak for myself. If I'm going to take care of you and set up all of these accommodations and do all these things and get you in the casino... And, and give you money even mm -hmm. and, and work this deal out, you have to give me a fair shot of your money or don't bug me about the deal. Right. Right? If you just want to go in and play and do your thing, then don't ask for complimentaries or anything like that. Just go do your thing. But it's a yin and yang. It's like uh, this is a business. And so if I'm going to work with you, I'm going to tell you what I can do for you, and I will go to the end of the earth to get that done for you because I want a customer. I'm always... I'm the, they would say there's hosts who are hosts for the casino and then there's the host that's the host for the player. I was yeah. always a player's host because mm. I really cared about the well-being of my of the customer at the time. And I also really cared that they were getting a fair deal. But they had to be fair in return. Get, you have to give me a fair shot at the bankroll sure. because this is why, why I'm giving you these incentives. Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, the, the host world, I love the, all of these things. And it's so exciting, again, at the time. And like you said, these cutbacks have now came into place. Yeah. Where they're not giving out as much and everything. Well, casinos are more corporate, right? Yes. They have, uh, you know, they have their own IPOs. They have uh, stockholders and shareholders and mm. things like that. And, you know, these people are looking at numbers, you know. That's it. And it's like. Bottom line. Yeah, <laughs> and players are, and you know, they they don't care, nor should they. What, what casinos is, everywhere now? Oh, casinos, are growing, yeah, sure. and that's another big issue too, right? It's like to get a player in today is very different than when I first started out in my harder, career. Harder or easier? It's a lot harder. Okay. Because right. number one, one of the biggest problems, in my opinion, is that the responsibility of the casinos and, and giving out extending credit to players. So I, I'll give you an example of a player that I had who. I had built such a great relationship with this guy, and he was such a good man. He was a good family guy. And he had a thriving business, but he had a problem, you know. And the biggest problem with him is that he started off with a, uh, a bankroll. It was 250000 And he could afford that bankroll. When he filled out his credit application, We the question is, what amount are you requesting? And the emphasis is whatever amount you are requesting, you have to be comfortable losing, losing that amount of money. Now, the casino that I worked for, I felt like we were almost frustratingly responsible. And so we always did a lot of due diligence and things like that. So we, we tried our best not to overextend people for credit, right? Now, the players don't want to hear that. Mm. Now, the problem is our competitor, he would go over there to play at the competitor. And the competitor had multiple uh, properties. Push it up. Higher. Well, he qualifies. Well, they qualified him there. So now they're going to qualify him over here. But they're also going to qualify him for that same amount of money in multiple Every places. One of his places. So imagine he can bounce I him. wrote a credit app that says I'm comfortable with losing $250,000. When a player is in that in energy motion of losing and they've lost their bankroll that they're going to have to pay back in 30 days or 14 45, days. 45 depending days. Depending on what the disposition is. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me. I'll get your 45 days. Right. Yeah. But now you're looking at five other places, two fifty each. That's now right. you're down a milli. 
and the quarter. And the quarter. Maybe more. You might have left for hundred thousand because you're scared. <laughs> so this person who was ideally she's, comfortable. She's describing my life right now. She doesn't even know it. I'll tell her. I'll tell I'm her telling too. you. I, I saw it all the time, and yeah. ultimately that took him down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Because what he would do was he was trying to leverage. The Try credit to win lines. over here to pay over here. Peter Correct. Pay and Paul. 100%. And that's and the gambler's worked. mindset. The thing, the problem is, no, though, you'll hit the, the problem always with a gambler is the fact that they win. Oh, they my God. always so chase true. that. Once it happens once, that win, that comeback, you think you could do it every, every time. time. I had another guy. You have to learn to walk away. And I could not and stand. Hard. I could not stand this guy. This guy was a piece of work. And here's another thing. I don't want to ramble, but no, no, what I found great. very interesting, okay, when I first started the job, I was very intimidated by people who had this kind of money that could throw into it. Because I'd never seen anything like that. Sure. You know, a $260,000 uh, two hundred sixty thousand. That wasn't even like the cost of my first home. You know what I mean? So um, I was very intimidated. And they and some of them are bullies and they're ego maniacal and they want to you know run your world and you feel like you have to scurry and do all these. And I was very anxious in the beginning. At the beginning. And then I started realizing I'm probably going to have a job and income longer than you are, Oof, right? Because it doesn't matter how much money you have in your life. It what matters is your relationship to that money. Because that's what will um, determine whether or not it's sustainable. Okay. And so what I started realizing is Mine that. Mine wasn't sustainable. It wasn't. But most people. The feds came in. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's not. But it's just, again, it's, it's education on money. It's yeah. relationship with money. We all know that wealth is a state of mind yes. versus then riches, right? And so I would see these rich people and these wealthy people come in and squander their money uh, because they're unhappy or they're depressed, or they're trying to shut themselves away from their world. Right. And... You know, a lot of athletes ran into these problems. Oh, I saw they run my fair through, share of athletes in my career, oh, for I'm sure. I'm sure they run through that money, man, and it's gambling. I have a funny story with Charles Barkley. Did I ever tell you that Charles story? Charles Barkley, <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead. Uh, and I could totally tell this story. <laughs> it happened in public, so anybody else could tell the story. Sure. So, um... Ironically, uh, I'm referencing the player I was just talking about that overextended himself. Um, so I had, I knew, you kind of know after you've done it for so long, you kind of start to see patterns and you start to realize that, okay, this person's, uh, they're getting themselves into some trouble here, right? Sure. And I, again, integrity is very, very important to me. And so when... That fiduciary when, responsibility. Absolutely. And not everybody in my world, as far as the job that I has did, that. has that um consciousness most right? don't. they don't they don't have most their little, don't. they don't have their that. little jiminy cricket sitting on most them. do not have it i, I deal with do. them all yeah and it was a very big deal to me when i knew that uh a person was really tapping themselves out now it's a delicate conversation because it's not my it's uh liabilities and things like that for me to say or accuse that they have a problem right mm. And ironically, I was a global gaming ambassador for my company as well. So I was taught when to notice a problem wow. and be certified in that. But yet I did a job that facilitated it. So it was very ironic. Anyhow, I digress. So you, you gave them the drugs and then you had to rehab them. Right. right. <laughs> Here's your brochure. You got them hooked on heroin. Here's you say, your brochure. Use that now don't right, stop right. you looking bad, boy. <laughs> when the fun stops. Yeah. yeah. You hook. You hook. <laughs> So anyhow, so this particular player um, had had blew their bankroll with us, right? Sure. And I knew they were going to start chasing, and I didn't want them to to go and gamble at other places. 
So he calls me up, the player, and he says, Lorraine, I'm at this other casino, and um, I, you know, come have dinner with me. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really not supposed to go to competitors' casinos because of my position, right? So we can go to the restaurant, um, hang out, um, and that's it. But I really want to talk him out, uh, try to get him to leave the, the, the place. Yeah. You knew what he was about to do. Oh, yeah. So we go have a great dinner, what have you, and he's like, I, I really got to play a little bit. And I'm like, I don't think you should do it. And he's like, come on, just come with me. Maybe you'll be a good, little good luck. Just come sit down. I said, okay. I can't stop him at this point. He is adamant that he's going to go play. And I know he's going to do it regardless of whatever I say. Sure. So I say to him, I'll go sit with you, but I cannot, you have to do me a favor. Do not mention to anybody at the table that I'm a host at another place, right? And I made sure that I was not going to, because some hosts will do it, they'll try to, you know, you're, if you're in the high roller room, you've got a bunch of potential clients. clients so you have yes. to be, for me, I was like, okay, I got to make sure I'm very responsible and not, like, hey, what's your number so I can yeah. call you kind of thing, right, right? Right, right, So I was very responsible in that manner. So anyhow, we go into the, the, uh, the high limits, and um, he, get, he draws a marker. And he slides over $10,000 to me, right? And he says, I want you to have this. And I said, absolutely not. I, uh, I cannot accept that. And he's like, Lorraine, you have been so good to me over the years. Um, you've always helped me out. I know that you are not supposed to take money, but you're not on your clock. I'm not trying to hand you money at your property. And this is what I want. And, um, and he goes, and I'm very superstitious, so I don't want you to give me bad luck by not oh, accepting my, my gift. <laughs> Twist my arm, why don't you? So I say, <laughs> okay, I'll slide it over here, but I'm not going to gamble. Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to give him back the money, right? right. Um, and, and some people are like, I would have took the money, whatever. But I just, I just had this like thing. And he want, now he's telling me he wants me to gamble. But I want you to play. I want you to play. And I'm like, I don't want to play. I really do not want to play. And I'm worried. I'm like, what if someone recognizes right, me? Because right. at this point in my career, people know who I am. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't get that part. They're just, he they just was focused. He and he wants what he wants. And he wants me to sit there and play with him. The thing with it, again, it's about building relationships. And I'm going to talk about how I learned to build relationships, learning their fifth person. Um, mm. But there's something about... Him looking at me because I knew his family, I knew his wife, and I knew his job. It's like, you're going to do something so that way I feel like I can trust you, right? right. So you're going to do something that might compromise you, but I can trust you in the relationship. And he, it's, it's an unspoken thing. So I think for him, by me saying, okay, fine, I'll gamble with you and I'll play with you, it's like, okay. You know, it, it was like a, like a uh, passage into his world, so right, to speak, right? right? So I said, okay. I'll take, I'll play some money, okay? I'll take $1,500 and I'll keep the rest of the money over there. Because truthfully, I was like, if he's really going to give me this $10,000, I don't want to gamble it. I want to put it in my of purse course, sure. and I want to go home, Cash right? these chips out and get out of here. Yeah. So I take $1,500. I go to bet like a $100 chip. He's like, no, no, no. He puts a $500 chip. You got to bet big. I'm like, that's three bets. Well, I win. He wants me to press it. But now I'm winning and everybody else is winning. So now we're getting momentum and my $1,500 turns into 10 k because oh I'm not losing a hand, okay? In walks Charles Barkley. Uh, 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 <laughs> wondering why you over here? 
<laughs> no, and I don't know Charles Barkley. Oh, okay. okay, I hadn't had no relation. I knew he was a player and things like that, but I never had. He was never an account of mine. Uh-huh. I never met him or anything like that. So he has no idea who I am. Right. All he knows is there's a lady playing blackjack, which you don't normally see women at high end, high roller tables in blackjack. I was going to get to it's, that next. Like how many? And so it's me, yeah. one woman, and uh, and two men on each side, right? So he walks in and he's like, "Hey, little lady." Uh, <laughs> Do you mind if I get in? And of course, my customer and the other gentleman are so excited to see that it's freaking Charles Barkley. And I am too. I'm like, oh my God, this is Charles Barkley. He literally starts taking my chips and betting my hands for me. But he's going stack and stack. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give him back that money, but I'm going to keep this money, right? And he's betting it down and he's losing every single hand. And I'm thinking to myself, I know he has a reserve game behind me because I pay attention to the room, right? There's a reserve game. That's got to be his reserve table. And if he loses my money, I'm going to bet that he's a good guy and he's going to pay me back, right? You're talking about Barkley. Barkley. Wow. Because right there. and so, But everyone's excited because even though he's losing my hands, they're winning. Plus, they're playing with Charles Barkley. Right, right, right. So, so they're excited. It? It's not really my money, you know, but I'm just kind of like cringing. And then he gets on this run. And that, and he couldn't lose a hand, so he brought me back ten thousand dollars plus another ten k. So now I got twenty thousand dollars <laughs> off the fifteen hundred dollars, and I'm thinking, okay, I won't feel guilty about keeping this is winnings. This is not sure. his actual money. He gets all his money back, right? Anyways, long story short, Barkley goes, "Is this good? You happy?" And I'm like, "Yeah." They're all excited. He goes and plays his game. The player ended up losing. Oh God. He was up. Probably three hundred thousand dollars from uh, in addition to his bankroll of two fifty. So he's five fifty up or three hundred up plus he's got his money. So he can go pay his other marker and, and walk good. away with some cash. And he just could not stop. Yeah. And he put it all. And I at this point had cashed in my chips and I've got the you know my little chocolate chips in my yeah in my purse. Those are five thousand. Yeah, five thousand dollar chips. Chocolate chips. And I'm ready to go. Know. I want to go home. <laughs> and he says to me. We got to go to one more casino. Oh, my God. And I say, so, we can't do it. So he loses there. Yeah. You you win. I have my money. He t- And now he wants to go somewhere. Yeah, because now he has another credit line. Yeah, now he he's got to chase, too. He's chasing. He's, he's got to chase. Because now he's in the whole half a mil, right? Yes. So now he's hoping that this other money will dig him out of his hole. And I said, I don't think it's a good idea. I really think we should call a night. Rest on it. And if you want me to come back with you tomorrow at a different place, but you got to rest. No, he just couldn't. So we call the car, go to the other place. And I'm like, this place, for sure, they're going to know who I am. And I am taking a huge risk. Because mind you, I have 5000 or you know $25,000 in chips. Yeah, and I'm really, I, I felt like really anxious. Like, okay, I don't know if this is the right thing or whatever, whatever. I was really nervous. Anyhow, we get to the other place. And he takes out his marker there and he loses every penny. Oh, my God. Next. And he's like, let's go, let's go. And I said, and I remember looking at the money in my purse and I'm looking at him and I told myself, do not take this money. Give it to him. Give him this money. Let him do whatever he wants with it. But there is no way you're going to feel good by watching this man lose all this money and walk away with $25,000 in your purse. Number one, it's not worth my career. And number two, this is now my friend. And... So I said to him, I still have the $25,000 in my purse. And he said, 
no, no, that's yours. He's like, you gave me back my money. That's money you won. And I said, I wouldn't have won this money had you not given me money. Right. And I can't walk away with money in my pocket if you're not walking away with money in yours. And he goes, all right, let's try it. He goes, we're going to double it, and I'm going to double what you got paid. And, of course, he lost every penny. Everything. Yeah. And I remember going home because oh, I, my mind, yeah. I had already spent that money. I knew where I was going to put it and yeah, everything. Yeah. I remember driving home. It's got to be something. Tail between my legs. And I you was don't like, see any women gamblers like that. Like, oh, they're out there. The, uh, the oh. major women gamblers, right? Oh, they're out there for sure. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Different games sometimes, but uh, there's some there's some heavy hitting uh, well, blackjack I've, women I've out seen there too now. Get women, lady gamblers. I have seen that. I just don't see. It's so rare. Yeah, it's really. It's not is. as common, but uh, I've seen women, uh, particularly in slots, and you can lose a lot of money in slots. I, that's where I see them in slots. Yeah. Actually, that's yeah. where I see them. They sit there and play big in slots. Yeah, man. So with with being again dealing with like these high rollers. Let's get into some of their demands of what they want. Like, when oh they Lord. come in. Do like, you give really? Me some, just, again, give me some of the most I'll give you one of the craziest. Outlandish. Yeah, one of your craziest okay. uh, clients and demands. Because I could give you some with Phil that we've, you know, but Phil was, to me, wasn't crazy. He would just maybe say, we lost, let's say. And he was like, I want some of that Screaming Eagle. Bring that wine. That yeah. Cost Whatever, bring it's it funny in. you say about the wine. I had a customer. He's an A-list celebrity, very, very famous person, um, very private, and he, uh, we were taking care of him. And I, I would get frustrated sometimes with dealing with this. And at the time, I had a partnership. It was, uh, it was good cop, bad cop. It was myself and this other girl. And I'm the dark hair, brown eye. And she was the blonde, blue eye, right? Mm. And so we would hit the road. And she was very <laughs> bubbly and friendly. And I was yeah. the closer, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We double, double whammy them. And it was easier as a woman to travel with, with uh, I'm sure. in pairs. That conversation is just yeah. easier. So anyhow, so we're, uh, we have this customer, like I said, very famous person. And um, he had a bankroll because he has the money to have the bankroll and the notoriety, but he didn't play to the level of his bankroll, which was, but he had a demand like he played to that level. And because of who he was, uh, I felt that we would go above and beyond. But the problem with that was my bottom line, because I'm a businesswoman, right? And sure. so it was like, he is not profitable to us, even for me to make my uh, production numbers and to make my bonuses. He puts us at a deficit because of how we take care of him. But he was cool, and it was cool to be in his company, right? So on this particular day, he would order, like, this spread of food, and um, but it would always be him. And he was kind of a very, like, lonely kind of person. Um, and he always asked really thought-provoking questions. So you could tell he was very intelligent. But he would call us up and say, where are you guys at? Come, you know, come up to the suite. I want to talk to you guys. So on this particular day, he's winning money, you know, I don't know, like $300,000, $400,000. But his costs, again, are like, whew. Yeah. And he calls the butler, and he says, uh, bring over this particular bottle of wine. And uh, he brings the wine, he shows us the label, and it's got this beautiful label. And he starts to tell us all the details of this wine. And I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, how much? Because yeah. we're paying for this. How much does this wine cost? And he says. So I ask him, and I go, well. It's a good year, and that's a good you know, vineyard. Uh, how much is that bottle of wine? Out of curiosity, right? And he's like, $6,000. Pops the cork. Yeah. $2,000 for me, 
$2,000 for you and $2,000 for you. That's right. I pick up the glass. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) It wasn't even that good. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so funny stories like that. And I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but when you said that, that it reminds me. So some demands, okay? Listen, I've had customers ask me, where can I get my eight ball? Uh, Of course, girls are always a thing. I always have to give my... uh, not always, but a lot of my customers, listen, do me a favor tonight when you're hanging out and you see a really attractive girl that wouldn't normally like you mm. and she comes with another girl, please, before you go up to the room to do what I know you're going to do, put all your shit in the safe. Oh, man. Because she's going to drug you and she's going to rob you. Yes. That is what's going to happen. And how many do. times does that happen with my guys? And I'd be like, didn't I tell over, you? Over and over. What so are you going to do, call the police? You know, with Murder Inc., we dealt with a lot of that just being on the road. So we would always have um, the, the keys to the artist's room to make sure. That they locked their stuff away. Just to people make get sure. sloppy. So we got, we got, we was really careful with that. So that, but I could only imagine with these casinos. So even when we was running around with the casinos, we would have the girls that would actually, they was very slick. They would um say they need to get their key, a key to the room. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're in a villa, and then you put their name in a room, and right. now they have access to order and get whatever. They yep. would go to the shops and buy hundreds of thousands of dollars of clothes. And charge to the suite. <laughs> charge it right yep. to the room, yep. and it's getting written off. And then we had to make an adjustment for that, you know, because these are all the things these um, these professionals out here in Vegas, this is what they... Well, one thing I've <laughs> learned, and I don't I mean with all due respect, but... When, you know, they say women have PMS and I say men do too, right? But there's this power, money, and sex. And when they get caught up (laughs) in that, right? When they get caught up in that world, they actually really think that most of these women just like them. Oh, my God. They're... It's like... They only like you for the night. She she is drop-dead gorgeous. Because men and women are smitten for different reasons. They fall in love for different reasons. I always say this. Like, men fall in love with women they are attracted to and women become attracted to the men that they love. So if a man sees a woman who's young and aesthetically stunning and he even knows what she's about, they get so stupid. Yes. It's, if, it's if, funny. And a lot of women know. It's sad. It's <laughs> Especially so in Vegas. We, the ladies know. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think a lot of those men haven't had experience with women, let's say, <laughs> understanding women. They've been so busy creating money or creating wealth stuck in these offices or whatever they're doing that right. when they get a little bit of time. They... That's why they have basketball wives on TV. That's 100%, <laughs> no, that's exactly right. These, you know, I, I tell these players, I said, if you only knew who you were, you wouldn't have did what you did. But, you know, that's a whole nother story. Oh, yeah. You would understand it better. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of them, you know, come out of college, I mean, from an athlete's perspective, but... She probably deals with guys that are athletes, and some of them high rollers aren't athletes. They're just businessmen yeah, at the same just time. Made money. And yeah. they just don't, they don't know how to interact with women. Bottom line. So she, 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 well, she, yeah. Imagine you were uh, nerdy or geeky, or you just had no game whatsoever. Like a lot of them. So do. not let's exclude athletes and celebrities for a right, second, because right. girls will just, they just love them just to love them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The but we're talking about athletes. these CEOs and these and these big you know tech guys and and things a like that. Nerdy. And they were just were they just mm-hmm. never had game, and never. now they're on a table, and the girls are walking around. And they see this big bet, and that's an opportunity for them, right? And the guys are so like smitten just by a pretty girl giving them attention, they just get sucked up. You yeah. know, the athletes and um, some of the other guys, unless they're really young, they're not as naive to it. Like I had a friend who was a, uh, who used to be a player who was, used to be in the NFL, and he said, "Man, when I first got into the NFL." 
And I got my big diamond earrings and stuff. He's like, these freaking girls. He's telling me about a story where a girl <laughs> literally was kissing all on him. And she used that tongue, <laughs> oh took that diamond ear, and put it underneath her, her tongue. Took his freaking diamond ear. Wow. It was like a yeah. three-carat diamond. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. These, these, these women are vicious. <laughs> See, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the athletes in college, they kind of ran through. Like, they went. So what happens is, in our world, when you're in the rap world, it's kind of hard you always have your guard up because you 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 know you know what the gold digger you, you know we're a little bit more right like our thing is a little bit different like we kind of purposely know what we're doing right taking not taking advantage but say right, we know you want money just hang out with us pop bottles blah 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 the next day you leave them in the hotel whatever happens but girls after a while they, yeah they, they've gotten hip to that the, you know so it's depending on who you're preying on right some guys they'll be like get out of here with that you ain't right. you know you come to the so how many times you come we want to believe. We want to believe that that we're that guy. Exactly. But the celebrity and the no athlete, what, we want that to world is different as Even far as why matter. the women want than it is. Girls, yeah. They want to believe when they walk in that strip club that that's not a working girl and that's not what she's they doing for a living. They want right. to believe that she literally, she's fucking with me. She likes me. Mm-hmm. They want to believe that. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand it. I understand that that feeling or whatever... But again, it's not real, and then a right. lot of them get caught up in it, especially if they're not, like he's saying, accustomed to it or in that space all right. the time. I mean, right now, you know, I'm a coach. I'm a life coach now. I sure. do mindset coaching, all that stuff. But I literally We're did a lot, of that, that next, a lot of that coaching with my clients because, I listen, I, even though I was female, I had to be uh, masculine in my energy to really do that job, and I really had, um, you know, a lot of my male counterparts in that career, they would always say, Oh, it's easy for you to get customers because you got tits and ass and you're attractive, right? Mm. And it's like, no, no, no. I can get a conversation out of a man because I'm attractive, right. but I have to work twice as hard to get him to respect me. Mm. And so that was a matter of, and there's a lot of women, unfortunately, that were in my business that would take it to a whole nother level, right? They would do what they got to do. Hey. And so that created that a reputation for all of us. <laughs> no, no, for real. You, you probably know some of them. Yeah, I'm sure. I listen yeah. to I get it. I'm sure I know. if I name drop, you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> but that made it also hard, too. <laughs> because literally there were women that were in my field that compromised themselves in that way. And then the expectation that I would do the same. So it, it became such a grind to really get these customers to really respect me. Absolutely. I but I had their sure. back. I'd be like, yeah, but when you mentioned mindset, that was your mindset, right? Spain. I'm not going to be one of those. I'm going to stick to my guns regardless. Right. And, um, and men respect. Yeah. When right. they're going to try, every man is going to try. That is true, you actually. You can try probably by every single one of them. Of course. They're going to try. Men are men. Let me see if she slips on the right, banana right. peel. That's <laughs> true, though. No, that is true. Right? And then when you're like, no, nah, I'm not walking. And then they kind of respect that. And then once they start doing business they, with you, they already know they you, can't. You women, put those get, women get cock offers every day. Every day. All day. <laughs> all day. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, hey. what could you do with this? Hey, yes. <laughs> but that's a woman's problem. Like, yeah. that is part of the... I mean, that was, that's what makes it so much harder when you're in the workspace, yeah. especially this space, because you're dealing with powerful men with a lot of money mm-hmm. that come to gamble. That been used to getting that, their way. That used Correct. to getting everything they and want. And to your point, I'm not going to be the finest thing that they see when I when they walk into right. a casino, right? There is so many beautiful... Right. Beauty is overrated, it, especially right. for us women. We could do so much stuff to ourselves to make right. us aesthetically beautiful. Right. But for a lot of the beauty that's out there, there's a hollowness um, internally, right? Yes. And so these men... 
uh, can have what they want. The the thing with me is, okay, she's attractive. Maybe she's not the most beautiful woman on the planet, but she's attractive and she doesn't want me. Right. So there was a chase there. Yes. The right? chase is and there. And so, also the position that you're in. And you, if, if I get you're approached a woman, by a girl who's a trying woman, to get a free drink, it's me. different than a girl who's you trying to get a position You just said something that's so yeah. important, and that's like, this is where I see a lot of men spiral into bad places with women is because if the woman understands what you just said, mm-hmm. that that chase, and that's what the man really wants. They Most men want to do have that chase. We want to feel like we conquered something. Right, right. We could figure that Rubik's Cube out, whatever it may be. And then if she understands that, she plays into that. I mean, I've seen them open a man right up. <laughs> to whatever they and want. a lot of women don't. Re- I mean, I talked to a lot of my friends. I, mean, I said this on my show actually. I said, uh, you know, a lot of women think they can sex their way into a man mm-hmm. loving them. Like, oh, I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna be the best they got. Yeah, so the first it, ninety days. Do your no, thing. No, I a, mean, it's a fun, it's a fun effort. The it's first, a fun effort. <laughs> the first ninety days is but great, but it isn't the way oh, to she, his heart by no Kyle, means. This than that. It's you know. crazy. But then after that, now there has to be some substance, something. Yeah, and, and a lot of women missed the boat on that one. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, again, I love this conversation yeah. with, with the host and the dynamic of everything involved. But let's let me bring back to your your podcast mm-hmm. and the mindset. Mm-hmm. And what's that about? So I created and a... where can they find it? Uh, like, let us know where we can find oh, okay. it. Okay, so uh, Coach Lorraine Lindsay is all my social media handle. So wherever you look for me, you can find me there. The podcast is on YouTube and it's on... Um, you know, Spotify and all that stuff too, but it's called the Lorraine Lindsay Podcast Show. Sure. Specifically, specifically, the show's titled The Mindsetters. And the whole the theme of the show, Mindsetters. And my whole theme is if you can change your mind, you have the power to change your life. So me talking about this career and this casino business, uh, me getting into that world and being able to make the money I have and, and have the relationship I had came from me, you know, being home, being alone, um, on my own since 16. I became a mother when I was 17. And I had a mindset that said, I don't have anything to give him tangibly, but I can give him a peace of mind. Now, how do I do that? You know? And so I was able to, through a lot of trials and tribulations and work, and this is why my integrity was always so important, because I said, no matter what I do, if my son were to hear it, would he respect me? And that was the most important thing. Because you got to raise- back to respect. No, but she said something that I live yeah, by right, right now. And I it's funny because I told Irv about it. I said, some of the things you do is because you don't have a daughter. Mm. See, I would never do something that I would yes. be embarrassed about that my daughter might see. You know, I crazy. have a son, but my daughter. Once I have my daughter, I'm like, man, yeah. that's not good. And, and I you, always live with a lot of integrity and respect. That's not what I'm saying. I wasn't living any right, women right, that right, I've right. known and dealt with. They will all attest to that. I'm sure of it. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I took it to another level mm. once my daughter came around. And I made sure of that. So that's what you just said yeah. that with yeah. my son. And I'm like, wow, that's how I look. And, and you know what? Also, if I may piggyback that real quick, and I'm no, sorry to interrupt you. Um, also, too, I didn't grow up with a father, right? My mm. father that raised me, I, I, he lost it. He killed himself, right? And my biological father just was never really around. He just right. wasn't there. But the man that was fathered to me took his life. I had a hard time growing up. And then, and then you know, there was a lot of domestic violence and abuse in the home that I grew up in. And so I had a very poor idea of what men were and who they were, right? What's your nationality? Um, half Jamaican and half British. My mom was a she beautiful yad, black yad, ebony yad. Jamaican woman, and my father is a British guy. Oh. Yeah. yeah, white oh. guy. So, so um, you're Puerto Rican. So I'm Puerto Rican. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's so funny. 
Yes. It is so funny you say that because every first of all, most people think I'm a Latina, right? right, right and right. every time someone says, "What are you?" and I say, "Well, I'm Jamaican and British," and every time you put that together, you get a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn because yeah. everybody thinks I'm, I'm from the East Coast right. as well. And I was actually born in England. So, wow, yeah. oh, wow. That's awesome. That's a dope story. Yeah. So, but uh, so I didn't grow up with a father, right? I didn't have, uh, and I had very poor ideals of what men were and who they were. And, and let me get this straight. Uh -huh. And then when you had a child young, was the baby father in the in, or he kind of took off? No, you know what? And then I have to say this in fairness. I was a single mother. Me and him never got married. But in fairness, and I think women don't give credit to men when they need to get credit, is although we were not married and we didn't cohabitate uh, to take care of our son, he was very much... Uh, an active father in my son's life. Okay. And and the reason being was because I allowed him that That's space. That's what I was just about to say. Right? And a lot of women, you're young, you have your kid, and you get mad at your baby daddy for whatever, and you make it personally, and Could you use your... Could have because you didn't necessarily have your dad. Because sometimes, really, women that end up leaving, you know, they're not as hard on the dads to be in their kids' lives, usually didn't have their father. You know what I'm saying? Like, they sympathize. My son has to have their father in their lives. I didn't have mine. Would that play, or that some play women just use it as leverage, right? right. They think that they're going to use their kid as leverage for their personal relationship. Mm, yeah. And what I learned was I don't have a father. I didn't have one. And I know what that feels yeah, like. Right. So I'm not going to be pathological that's and create the pattern. Yeah, that's, that, that's what he was yeah. no, I have to have, in my son's life, he, the father has to be in the life. If he wants I'm to be there, I'm going to let there. him be in that but space. But said the main yeah. thing. You allowed it because allowed most it. women don't yes. allow They don't because they take their personal issues with them. Man, let's yeah. say that. Let's and say listen, they, ladies yeah. need to keep it real. I'm a woman and I'm, I'm going to say it and I, I don't hold back. But if you met a man that didn't have a conversation with you about trying to be a, a daddy, don't expect that he's going to have that right there. I mean, we, we set ourselves up sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if, again, if he decides that he wants to participate and be a father, let your child have that that relationship of it course. is so imperative my son is he went i was able to put him through college pay for his education he has traveled the world himself this is a woman who had a child at 17 years old why because i was able to create a relationship with his father and and that meant that his extension of his father meaning grandmothers grandparents his tribe That's that tribe right. it took a village yes and I had to set aside my indifferences with that man so I could have a bigger village for my son. Absolutely. And as a result, by the grace of God, I have a, uh, a young man who has a good head on his shoulder, a young black man, yes. and who is thriving. He's, as a matter of fact, he's got a nice little job in New York. He's awesome. living in the financial district, 25 awesome. years old. Oh, nice. Hey, baby. So, awesome. Um, awesome. Awesome. Anyhow, I'm long-winded <clears throat> answer, but I was saying that also part of... Uh, me having a son, it was a, it was a gift because what I had to learn, and this is why the integrity and who I was was so important, because he was the my son was the first man, young man in my life to say, in order for me to believe in men, despite what I grew up with, in spite what I learned, I have to raise one. And part of me raising a really good man is he has to be able to feel like he can respect his mother Dang. and the choices she makes. So I will work hard for him, but I will work hard with integrity. And so even though I got these great jobs in these casinos, I was never going to compromise your integrity, my right. integrity for my son. And, yeah. and even when no one was watching, you wasn't willing. Because you know, you probably could have done it. No one would find out. Oh, so I was going to tell you guys about my indecent proposal. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's listen to that. I'll tell that real and quick. And I'm sure I, there's always an indecent proposal yes. story in Vegas. This was a good one. <laughs> so I'll make it really quick because I, I tend to be a little long-winded. I get very passionate about this stuff. Anyhow, so big account. Okay, It was a $2 million account. 
Uh, my partner and I uh, worked really hard. She was doing the front end work to really close this deal. So we finally closed the deal. Okay. We get him in this beautiful jet, fly him out, um, make the deal. We're giving him a shit ton of money up front to come in and gamble in our casino. Meet him out. His beautiful wife comes down and she's just dropped it gorgeous. And he's just blah, right? I say that for a reason. <laughs> At the time, I was doing all this training and stuff like that. So I was competing and everything. So I'm in like the best shape of my life. And he's like, wow, you're gorgeous. You're in incredible shape. Maybe I could hire you to train my wife, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, we get him to the casino. Immediately, he goes straight to the table. Now, this is the ideal situation when you're a host. Because you do this deal. You work all this stuff. Right away. You get them there. And now you're crossing your fingers and saying, every bit of money I gave him, every deal, every begging and pleading my boss, are they going to gamble? And he does what we love. So my partner and I are happy. We go up to the restaurant, open a bottle of wine. He's happy. Everything's good. And then we get a phone call. Uh-oh. He's livid. He's angry. Get down here right now. Oh, my God. What's going on? The guy is a blackjack player, okay? And he's a strategy player. Now, when he plays a shoe, again, six to eight decks, and he likes to cut the cards short. What that means is when they say cut the deck, he yes. cuts it really less than a deck. Now, most casinos will not allow you to do that because there is an advantage to that, right? Mm. If you get a good run on a shoe. Mm. I didn't know that. Yes. So some players will negotiate certain little idiosyncrasies such as that, okay? Some people are superstitious. Some people know the advantage in cutting a, a deck short. What happened is when he started gambling... And he was betting his big bet. I think his average bet was maybe 30000 a hand or 40000 a hand. Um, he was cutting the deck short, and they stopped the game. Okay? Now, he was okay with that because he knows the rules. Now, gamblers are very, especially when they're playing at that level, they're very savvy, and they're always looking for a way for you to mess up, right? They know it's, what's going on. Yes. So they said, sir, we have to stop the game. We don't, um, we don't believe you can cut that way. And he goes, well, call your boss and double check if I can cut the deck like this. If the answer is no, I have no problem. I'll cut it. I'll cut it better. So he stopped the game. They made some phone calls and they let him continue. Okay. He goes with his wife to dinner, comes back from dinner. At this point, he's up half a million dollars. And they tell him, we just got a hold of our boss and you can't cut the deck that way anymore. So now we get the call. Mm. No one had called myself or my partner to say that this situation was even happening. Going on, yeah. We should have been informed right away. From the door. In fairness to this customer, he's livid and saying, I gave them a fair opportunity to make the calls and determine whether or not I could do this. Now, if I was losing half a million dollars, would we be having shit. the same conversation? Absolutely he's got not. a valid argument. So now we're, and he's like, fire the jet up. I'm leaving. I'm out. So now he's going to take his money plus the money we gave and him up. and leave. Wow. And we got to fly him but back home. But we're still waiting for that indecent proposal. proposal. <laughs> I love I'm leaving with a cliffhanger. I'm a storyteller. Yeah, it's okay. So now we're begging, pleading. We're, our boss is like, you got to try to get him to play. We gave him too much money. We got to get this guy to fire. Like, we got to. We messed up, though. So now we, my partner and I are trying to nurture this relationship. We take him to this lavish dinner. He is popping bottles of Cristal like it's Fiji water, okay? And mm. I'm like, we're paying for that, too. Mm. And he's pouring them, and he's just berating us about the game and we're listening he's got his like little doctor bag that has the hundred thousand dollars that we gave to him in in cash sitting there fire the jet up i want to leave so we're like we can't start the jet till tomorrow (laughs) 
hopefully sleep on it and like whatever. He goes, I need you guys to get the butlers, come up to my suite. We go up to his suite and he's got this big, you know, 10,000 square foot suite. And um, my partner, she's the bubbly one. So she's drinking the bubbly and being bubbly mm, while right. I'm trying to, and she's, you know, nurturing the, the wife business. and thing, while I'm trying to convince this guy. Okay. So he looks over at me, <laughs> looks me up and down, looks over at his wife, and he says, and let me, let me mind you, he's a very heavy set guy, okay? My friend, my partner goes to grab a piece of bread from the table at the restaurant, and he smacks her hand. I don't like fat women. Please don't eat that bread in front of me. Oh, my God. <laughs> he yeah, was such a pig. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> So, um, money, something else. man, I tell you. So, uh, and he was, he was, uh, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you. Anyway. All fair. Yeah. <laughs> so he looks at his wife. He looks at me and he says, God, you're so beautiful. You can take this briefcase full of this hundred thousand dollars. Tell your friend to go and just make out with my wife and the money's yours. And I started laughing. I said, was you laughing while you was kissing his wife? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she was not that cute to me, okay? I think she's going to have to kiss him. Like, your wife was that bad. She said she was gorgeous. No, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, he was, and she wasn't a wife that was with him because he had money. She had been with him since they were like 14, 15 years oh, old. Wow. Yeah. So the money had kind of enhanced her and made right. her like, you know, even more gorgeous. Right. But she was a very timid person, right? And he was very disrespectful around her. Um, so I laughed and I was like, uh, yeah, have a good night. Right. And he laughed back at me and he says, I knew that you would say that. He's like, there's so many beautiful women walking around here that would have did it for 500 bucks. And he says, but the problem with you is that you're smart. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, I was hoping that you were a bimbo or no. He said, um, I thought maybe you were a bimbo. I said, no, you were hoping that I was one. And yeah. there's a difference. Right. And he goes, OK. Clearly, I gamble. Two, three million dollars means nothing to me. And he goes, but I would love to see your mouth around my fill in the blank. Yeah. Mm. I will give you a million dollars if you perform this service. Correct. Do so I have to kiss your wife? <laughs> Can we just. Can we negotiate Can we just here? <laughs> no, wait just a minute. <laughs> look at that 1.1. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, this is a big, this is a big small story. Let's hear it. Y'all about to tell me the story? He said, you know, he says it's a skit on his in his album. Oh, well, so I shit after I shit yeah, on the bitch. Yeah, so after I shit <laughs> on the bitch. Oh my god, I remember yeah. when I heard that, man. Yeah, but that's a man's perspective. It's different. I know, but I'm just saying. But that freaking that on that album, that was so. That was I classic. remember hearing that. I was yeah. dying. Yeah. Bitch asked me to shit on her. Just, yeah, so, so after I so shit, what you do? So after that shit on the bitch. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do what I gotta do. Oh my goodness. Yes, I remember that. Oh my goodness. So, man. He that's... says to me, to show you that I'm serious, I will wire you half the money first. If you come back and whatever, then I'll give you the, the additional amount. So, either way it goes, you'll have this much, right? Man. I was so, my, now I'm a, I have an ego too, okay? Yeah. And I was like, Excuse my language. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. I'll fire the jet up tomorrow. I'm out. Right. And he's laughing and he goes, You told me you had a son, right? Wow. Oh, wrong thing you could say to me. Wow. Wow. He says to me, 
I'm pretty sure your son could, could use, use that money. money. I said, Oof. the value that my son holds to me is much more than your fucking money. I said, so you can get in your jet and you can leave. So don't you ever mention me and my son ever again, and I'm out. So now my friend, <laughs> she's over there bubbling. I said, like, wait a minute, do it for 400, 250. <laughs> <laughs> so here, this is so funny. I'm fired up. That Jamaican girl yeah, got yeah, really yeah, fired yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm out. I'm, let's go. And she's like, what? what's going on? What's going on? So we're in the middle of the hallway. And I said, that motherfucker told me he wanted me to do this and this for a million dollars, blah, blah, blah. She goes, wait, I'll do it. (laughs) Man, the moment she said that, but she knew I was so fired up that she needed to break my my momentum, right? Because I was so angry. And we literally fell on the floor and we were laughing our asses off. She got you to the car and she doubled back. (laughs) 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 Make sure you get home safe. Wait a minute, where do you get some new clothes in that new G-Wagon? Yeah, Yeah, new deal for you. Yeah. (laughs) But this is Vegas. These yeah. offices are coming all over. But that was the craziest, like, wow. ever Man, that's crazy. scenario. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, mean, what's the name? Uh, come on. Uh, d- from the real, the movie. What movie? Indecent Proposal. Oh, Demi, 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 uh, Moore. Demi Moore. Demi Moore yeah. didn't turn it down. Yeah, but it wasn't Robert Redford either. Yeah, it's true. But okay. it doesn't matter. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Just the thought second. of it. Right, uh, right. You know, of course. But you know what, though? Everybody, one of the most valuable lessons I learned from a player, I went to Dubai. And um, there's a lot of indecent proposals over there. Oh, yeah. For, especially being a woman. So I was very nervous to go. And, and you know, I had never been. I had ignorance about what the country was going to be like being a woman, blah, blah. And it, and, and it was an amazing time. There's these two young men. They were from Kuwait. They were um, originally from Kuwait. And their family had ridiculous wealth. Sure. And uh, they were super sweet. But one of the things that he said to me, I said, well, you're so young and you have like this crazy amount of money. I mean, you should have seen this place and his spread of cars. It was like unreal. You know, it's, by the way, his favorite car which was the most valuable, was a Ford Raptor. Oh, yeah. Because that was an import for it, them, right? Yeah, Ford's is way more expensive. And I was like, really? Like, and he's American like, American cars. Yo, you don't even know. Anyhow, I said to him, well, what do you, what do you want for? What is it that you want to pay for? Thinking when you can pretty much have everything you want. And he says, you're going to, um, don't judge me for saying this. And he's like, but when you have the kind of money that I do, my family have, you don't pay for things anymore. You pay for people. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and everybody has a price tag. And he's like, it's an evil thing. And he's like, and I'm just being honest with you. We literally play the game of chess and put price tags on people. I, I bet you if you pay this person this much money or offer them this much, they'll compromise this. And he goes, and every single time someone has a price point and I can afford that. Oh. And that was like one of those lessons for me that was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The leverage. I mean, that, the that's. I mean, but next we do that. Stuff. We do that in the hood. The guy who's got the the guy in the project with the bands. He's he gets. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like that. It's it's money. Money's not the rule of all evil, but definitely it's something that has to do with uh, with um, man. It's, it's well, money just exaggerates or embellishes who you already are. Yeah, money right? and power would let people know who truly who you. If you really go, are. if you're a giving person, you make a ton of money. You'll just give more. Yes. Yeah. But if you are a person who has bad intentions, you can do more bad intention with money. True. Yeah. Absolutely. But 
Lorraine, man, yes. this is a great, <laughs> great conversation. Yeah, awesome. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, I just uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm no longer in that world anymore, but for anybody out there that wants to see what my work is today, I've learned to learn mm -hmm. to make money on provision, yes. and now I'm making and earning my living on purpose. So I have my talk show or my podcast mindsetters i do coaching life coaching mindset coaching and business coaching so if you look for me lorraine Lindsay, uh coach lorraine Lindsay. i also have coach lorraine is my website so thank Man, you thank you thank you so much for this information and all of the, the it, stories it's, it's enlightening to see a a, a, a you know we have to as far as remember i'm very touched when it comes to our, you know, our daughters right and it's good to see women who have done it the right way, who have been able to Thank deal you. with these high rollers, with all these men, not compromise who they are. And Very you important. probably didn't eat as good, but you slept like a baby. Absolutely. We talk about that yeah. all the time. We talk about that you all know, the time. You know, the key to life, honestly, is um, peace of mind. Absolutely. My uh, indecent proposals might be different. It's not in the form of cash. It's maybe something else that mm -hmm. we'll talk off air, but... I get indecent proposals offered, not from a sexual standpoint, but, but from maybe doing things. something that compromises my integrity mm -hmm. or something against someone that I would never do or something like that. And that, that'll never happen. You have to know who you are and you always have to be in alignment with that. Because yeah. the moment you come out of an alignment with that, you will never feel good about self. And, and like you said, everyone thinks that they have to be happy. No, you have to live a life that you're fulfilled in, which doesn't sleep, always equate to happiness. Right. Yeah. We gotta I, I think many night. people look at look at themselves in the mirror and don't like who that person is. They don't is. like who what they see. Right, and when you sit in the mirror, I'm going to give you a little jewels here. You're really looking, we're a spirit having a human experience. Absolutely. So when you look in the mirror, you're looking at the spirit. Yeah. And he's looking back at the physical, and you're talking to each other, which you have a conversation with yourself every day. Every move that you make, um, the hand, the good, ide, the evil. We all have evil and good inside of us. Absolutely. That's right. So you're constantly having that battle with yourself mm -hmm. to do the right thing constantly. You did the right thing, but most people are taking the money. Right. 10 out of 10 times. Right. Especially that kind of money. 9 but out of 10. She didn't take it. Right. Can't she's say rare. 10 out of 10. She's <laughs> yeah, no, but what I mean is, the true. it's hard. I, that's what I mean. But again, it's abundance, right? I could 99 say. 99 out of 100. You take yes. money when you don't think you can make money. True. Yeah. Yeah, but right? again, again, when you're in that space, that's a, 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 it's a hack. When someone can give you a million bucks where you don't have to work two, three, four years, whatever it took you to right. get there, it's a hack. You might, you might jump. And it's, it's the toughest decision is when they present you an opportunity and you don't bite because you know you're going to eat good, but you're not going to sleep. Right. Yeah. And listen, I've never said it off. You know what I mean? And Jada Pinkett <laughs> compromised herself. If my, God forbid, my son was in a different situation, and he it was it was his health and his life dependent. Mama might do a lot more stuff that she of would course, normally do to make sure. Of course, of but course. in that situation, again, I was like, I understand my abundance. I understand my own ability to make money. If I got to make a million dollars this way, and I know how, how smart I am and how much I value myself, if I'm not willing to know that I could do that on my own, then right. what's the point of even doing it? Because it's not making it that counts. Yes. What really is really fun, every billionaire, every million that I know, their stories of how they got there are much more incredible than the fact that they have the money. Yes. yes. You know? It's the journey. We it's the journey. It, yes. it, it really is. Journey. Life yeah. is not a destination. It's a yes. journey. You yeah. know how the movie ends for all of us? Death. We all die. Yep. And if no one hangs a picture of you on the wall, you will never hear. Richest people are in a graveyard. Yeah. But someone <laughs> has to hang. This is the key of life. You can't take your money, nothing. Look at Bruce but when Lee. you cross over, <laughs> when you cross over, is someone going to hang a picture of you on their wall? Mm -hmm. Your son, friends, whoever... 
If there is no picture of you on the wall when you're not here, you were never here. Yeah, your value is your legacy. How yes. how do you choose to leave it? Why do you think they built bronze, uh, a bronze statue or something? It's about legacy, definitely. Yeah. So thank you. But yeah. thank you again. Thank you. Uh, and y'all got to come great. on my show. Just give us the date and time. Yeah. We're pulling up. I would love it. But again, this is Chris Gotti Lorenzo giving him the business podcast. Keep liking, sharing, subscribing. My partner, Don Dinero. You already know, Mr. Money for the Gringos. Today's a off, man. Thank you. Thank you.